What's up, Albuquerque? It's Lindsay. Do you feel that cold chill in the air? If you haven't already gotten your heater hooked up and ready to go, you're missing out. You might even be freezing. So if you need help, call Bosque Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing for all of your heating needs this winter. They're ready to come to you anywhere, anytime, solve any issues that you have, and hook you up, literally, and because they're good people. So that's Bosque Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing for all your heating, cooling, and plumbing needs in Albuquerque. This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And this is What's Up ABQ. So we are here with Stan, Stan's Coffee and Scones. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started? How did you get to this point, brother? Right. I guess is a better question. Which uh, is kind of nonsensical, but we'll do it anyway. Um, so I got a degree in design. I worked, uh, that was at Texas Tech in Lubbock and worked there for about a year and a half and then moved here to Albuquerque. And um, so I stayed in advertising design companies uh, since then for about 26 years total. And was reaching the end of, you know, what I thought I wanted to do there, or, you know, needed a change. And coffee something I love. Um, Same here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the there's, there's a lot of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Quite the tribe we have. Dozens. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so going back in terms of, you know, coffee as a part of, you know, my life, I like in college, the one time I drank a lot was when I had to stay up all night. Um, and kind of the true early in my adult life, but I have family in the Northwest in the Portland area. That's where we're from. That's where we're from. Yeah. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. Okay, you yeah. know what I'm, you yeah. know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. Like I'll oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, Portland Beaverton is where they lived. And now I have some in Salem, okay. but obviously when we go visit lots of coffee carts, coffee, everything, everything. everything. Um, you know, 20 years ago, there was a lot of coffee around. So I kind of got used to, you, you know, remember a time before coffee. Starbucks. Yeah, and and of course, you know, at the time there was no Starbucks here, and, yeah. and at that time I looked forward to the first Starbucks opening in Albuquerque uh -huh. and became a regular. Um, where, where was that? Do you know? Well, I think the first one was San Mateo off of uh, I-40 okay. in that shopping right. center. Yep. And yep. I have a friend that worked at that one. Yeah. Between that, going visiting Oregon often and enjoying it there, and we started, you know, of course, brewing at home. We did an espresso machine at home a couple of times, went through different brewers, went through the Keurig uh, pod phase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think every oh. coffee lover had to at least have a Keurig at one point and yeah. kind of like, okay, like, test this out. Is this really... Right. All that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, good for those who like it. I got tired of uh, the pods and <laughs> the cost per cup. Yeah. Um, then we went to just doing a basket filled with our own coffee in there and, and then found better coffee makers. I started buying the beans uh, from local roasters and developed my own taste and preference. So what, and where, where do you, do you have a certain place that you get your beans from for here? Yeah, I do. Actually, um, I was buying them for home for several years before I started thinking about doing you know, my own business. And that was from Moon's Coffee and Tea up on okay. Wantabone. And uh, Conrad was the owner at the time and Conrad passed away. And then the uh, I wasn't running yet. I had talked to him about being a wholesale customer. So then when the new owners, Karen and Jory, bought it, it a little bit before I opened, so we talked to them, and uh, they, I was still happy with the coffee roasting, you know, that they were doing. So all the brewed coffee and all the tea that I have comes from them. And then as I was getting ready, preparing to open the shop, I uh, bought 
my espresso machine, which is an Astoria single group uh, lever machine. And I put that on old the kitchen school. counter at home. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's old school. I, I wanted the kind of handcrafted nature of that, plus uh, in a retro trailer, I just thought that fits. The aesthetic, it works. It fits it's the yeah. aesthetic, very, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very natural. <laughs> um, so that occupied a big space in the kitchen for like a year and a half. And I started buying espresso locally, trying that out, you know, see what, probably what worked. I did right, and the machine seemed to handle well. So. So I settled with Trifecta, which is down in Montano, you know, near Eden, and talked to those guys, you know, Thomas and uh, Lee are great at supplying me even when I, like, come up with an event and I suddenly need more coffee, but <laughs> then uh, usually they can accommodate that. So that worked well, you know, as I tested stuff out. So that's what I've uh, stuck with since I opened, as far as the uh, supplies. So were you always planning to do an Airstream style, or yeah. what inspired that, I guess, is, yeah. Right. yeah. You know, really, in the beginning, I was thinking brick and mortar. Okay. Just as I thought through ideas, I collected images of people's shops and, yeah. you know, of course, studied people's shops here. And I liked the idea, but I didn't like the initial investment, the overhead, all of that. So that's when I, I started thinking more mobile at that point. I probably was always thinking of either or. And then as I got closer, I thought, you know, I really want to do the mobile business because I think in Albuquerque, there's there's a healthy business, but there's room for it to grow for sure. Absolutely. It's picking up a lot, I feel like. And there's there's always like a new card or a new type yeah. of food. And it's always, it seems like it's always like kind of this trend that's growing substantially over the years. Yeah, I think so. Of course, some come and go, but right. overall, it seems like uh, still a growth area for our city and people are becoming more accustomed to it, looking for it more right. know, instead of the brick and mortar shop. So I just thought it would, um, and I like the idea of being mobile just because you can go to different things and different events and different locations. If I tried something that didn't work, then I, I could move versus brick and mortar. You're, <laughs> you're, you're stuck, stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I moved towards mobile. And then I definitely wanted it to be a retro camper of some sort, just because I wanted it to stand out, be memorable. And there's only a few of those around, you know, operating that I knew of. So I looked probably for, I don't know, a little over a year for campers. And I looked at the little tin cans and whatnot, but I think Airstream is what I really wanted. Well, and it's interesting too, because Airstream right now is so popular across the country, but I feel yeah. like it's it's very native New Mexican. Yeah. You know? It's called Route 60. Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. and it's like, no, but really we have this here. We've had it here forever. <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. It ties in really well, you know, to the city, you know, as far as that goes. So I was looking for campers and then Airstreams for maybe a year. Looked locally, I would usually find possible in Arizona, Colorado, Texas. There just weren't that many here you know, that popped up for sale that fit, that were older, weren't already, somebody already refurbished them and they were, I didn't want to strip it out because it was in good shape. So if there's somebody maybe that's listening that is interested in getting an Airstream for a business, yeah. what are some things they should look for? Or, or no. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can find them already. Like I found some where the interior was stripped and it was refinished and just a blank slate. And one of my, I have a friend who owns a, RV resale place in uh, Cardinal, actually, and uh, it's called Auto Concepts, but he mostly deals in, in used campers, so he, I got advice from him. He would look as well just for fun, and, and he would find some that were redone inside and, and how much they were, and I was definitely on the edge a few times. He's like, you know, you could get this one, and you don't have to do all that work. And sometimes I think I should have done that. <laughs> of course, the price, you know, you're paying for someone else's work then. And 
I was kind of convinced I wanted to put the sweat equity into it. And I guess the part that I'm happy with is, even though it's not perfect, the fact that I did the work, I know how everything works. So when I have a problem, at least I know how to tackle it and try to repair it. What's well, a beautiful camper. It's, I mean, obviously the listeners can't see yeah. what I'm seeing right now. If you can see on the pictures. podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, no, it's beautiful. It's how many feet is it and what year is it? Yeah, it's a 1964, it's called Trade Winds uh, Airstream. So the length from tail, tail to hitch is 24 feet and the interior is about 19 feet. Um, I was looking for something, instead of 24, I thought that 18 might be a little small, but I was looking for somewhere 20, 21 footer, but that was perfect world, perfect price, and I didn't find that. Um, so the 24 is probably a little bigger than I intended, um, but it was the right trailer at the right time, you know, and a good price and all that, so I couldn't say no, really. Yeah, and yeah. it's nice to have the space when you're in there, for sure. sure. Oh, I bet, yeah. Um, it's just a little bigger to tow and park than I might have imagined. So, you know, if, you're, if I were looking for the ideal mobile uh, business Airstream, then I feel like, you know, somewhere in that 18 to 21 feet is is probably ideal. And as you can see, I didn't put in the exhaust hood and the griddle and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, just because extra weight, extra fire inspections, extra mess. <laughs> extra, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, so my goal was to keep it simple, especially in the beginning. So it was just coffee, and then I have a little oven to bake the scones. So do you guys make the scones yourself, or whose recipe is that? Yeah, we do, and that's, yeah, that's kind of its own story, um, because, well, as I bought coffee at local shops or Starbucks, I mean, scones is kind of just kind of what I enjoy. Right, yeah. Everybody would, well, most, most shops would have something. Some of them might make a lot of them don't make their own and uh, my daughter older daughter and her friend happened to be over once while they were still in uh, college and made some unusual scone recipes that they wanted to make and I can't remember exactly what they were but you know something like um, you know rosemary and cranberry or something you know it was unusual flavors and I'm used to the traditional ones yeah. in stores but when they made them I thought well you know no shops specialize in a scone they have them but it's like a side note. It's to the a other. side note, and they usually feature muffins and whatever else if they make it themselves or not. So I just decided at that point that that would be the specialty item that I would focus on. And that was about five years before I opened. So I started working on recipes at that point. First, like finding a good base. And again, I was I was shooting for simple and repeatable. Right. <laughs> so, what, so it didn't Can't kill be me. produced again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was better then at, at taking you know, meticulous notes. And then after I opened, I'll like throw something together. It's like, oh, that was good. Now, how much did I use of this yeah, or that? that again. So I developed the recipes. Other people, my wife included, to give me ideas on, why don't you try this? or I heard about that. So I'll try different recipes or different ingredients that way. And I try and offer like some of the standards and then some different, you know, specialty flavors. Are there certain kind of flavors you've seen people in town really enjoy? Yeah, is yeah. there like a customer favorite or and your personal favorite? Like yeah, um, so my younger daughter, who's 23, made the observation which I hadn't thought of, but do a cranberry orange because everybody does. And I like that a lot. And she said, yeah, that's that's what usually older people buy. Wow. <laughs> and I hadn't thought about it. But it's a good it. flavor profile. I feel like it I, is. I like cranberry orange. I think yeah. it's a good, it's complimentary to coffee too. It's kind of got that bitter but citrus so. like yeah. balance to go with your coffee. I don't know. I think you're right. <laughs> uh, but as I've watched, she's kind of right. I do see like, <laughs> she's you know, 35 know plus something. maybe like that one a lot. <laughs> Um, younger people tend to go for uh, white chocolate lavender, um, oh, chocolate chip, 
Um, and blueberry is probably the like universal, everybody loves that. Um, and we'll do a regular regular blueberry, or um, I've done a blueberry with lemon glaze on it. Ooh, which, that's not, lemon anything, I'm like yeah. sold on that. Like, and um, <laughs> at least for a warm weather flavor, lemon basil I've done, which is a little more basic. And some people who like a traditional scone, you know, like that better. And if I, like, a, there's a date ginger I've done in the summer, and, and that's popular for a little while when it's new, and then it's kind of like yeah. drops off. So I do find you, like, kind of need to rotate through flavors. Now, do you get on the pumpkin spice train at all for fall? <laughs> you had to ask, didn't you? Well, I mean, I feel question. like there's so many pumpkin spice everything. everything. And you're just like, I, at this point, I'm a little skeptical. I, I saw know. I saw I pumpkin know. spice deodorant. Gross. <laughs> that's, that's gross. I mean, I, I don't even want to say I get it. I, I guess know. I understand because of the interest. We, we really just want to be a, a spiced pumpkin that's, yeah, at this as point. as much as we can. <laughs> Somebody does. It's overkill. Um, yeah, speaking of overkill, I saw like two years ago, I can't remember, but I was in Trader Joe's and so, you know, I love the store. I do too. But I saw pumpkin spice flavored pumpkin seeds. And I thought, okay, we've gone too far. I mean, they're already pumpkin. Like, do we need to saturate them Why? with other Why flavors? Why do we need more? We, we were so busy wondering if we could. We didn't ask yeah. whether we should. Perpetual question. Can you make pumpkin pumpkin spice? Pumpkin yeah. spice? So it's, yeah, I, I agree it's gotten out of hand. I've never... <laughs> So my, my personal bias and flavor, I'm not a pumpkin fan. I'll eat seeds, but I don't like pumpkin pie. So I've never ordered pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah. I, I think of them as kind of the typical Starbucks over-flavored, over-sweetened drink. It's like the hyped um, drink for the season. Yeah, it is. And, and <laughs> I mean, it works for them, so good for them. But last year, I completely resisted pumpkin spice anything except I made a pumpkin chunk scone. Okay. Okay, um, but see, that's, I feel like that's not quite yeah. overkill. That's all right. It, I mean, seasonally tasteful. It's a yeah. seasonal, yeah, because <laughs> pumpkins are in season. So um, I'm happy to do the scone. I'm still resisting doing the, the lattes. Do you have customers ask for that? Oh, yeah, I, I have. Someone's like, no, I don't do You're it. Like, well, here's a Starbucks, <laughs> Starbucks is over there. I'm not that kind of establishment. <laughs> um, but, I mean. A little bit of the Oregonian coming out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Resist that pumpkin spice. I know. Um, I don't want to drive away too many customers, wow. but part of my philosophy when I got started and want to mostly maintain is I want I want to sell to people who like coffee. I don't make milkshakes. And if you want that, then go somewhere else. Yeah, well, people that are drinking... I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. I worked at Starbucks for a while in my yeah. 20s. If you're a Frappuccino drinker, you're not a coffee drinker. Right. <laughs> like, it's not the same thing. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I rarely have a blended drink of any sort. Yeah. And if I have a blender, I'll make people blended mochas or their white mocha or anything. Um, pumpkin spice is still <laughs> on the outs right now. So so we, we've talked about the, the, the lesser of the favorites. What is your personal favorite that you offer? I mean, every morning, as soon as I'm open, I make a cappuccino. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wet or dry? Do you have a preference? Well, see. Um, sorry, I, this now is now I'm going off. Now I'm going off. I know. I know. I'm sorry. So I, I tried to, of course, it's personal preference, and I tried to study like if I'm going to be kind of traditional coffee, then what? You know, I just offer a traditional cappuccino. It's a third foam, a third milk, a third espresso. Ideally, we're used. To, Americans are used to get bigger drinks. Oh yeah. So it's hard to get the right proportion of anything. Um, but I. That's why. I, I offer an eight ounce cup because someone who really wants the 
proportions of espresso to milk, then they can get a smaller cup and get that. So almost nobody asks me if they if they would like wet or dry. They, I just say cappuccino. And okay, the cynic in me says, if you want it wet, you want a latte. If right. you want it dry, you want a, corta, um, a uh, macchiato. Right, right. <laughs> so I like it down the middle, personally. And that's how I usually he's, do it. He, he, yeah, you can't see Lindsay's face right now, but she's really like... <laughs> I, I feel like we're on the same level here. I understand. I yeah, do. <laughs> that's good. I'm not yeah. not offending you yet. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> there are customers occasionally, of course, who I just don't fit them, and they'll. And it's usually younger, um, <laughs> but they'll they'll ask for the, the typical one, and I'll make a caramel latte for the caramel macchiato because they they're used because I can tell when they you ask. You know what they're asking. Do you for. know what? Do you want a real macchiato or do you want? It doesn't Starbucks? mean what you think it means. But yeah. Well, you know, even when I worked at Starbucks, we would get the people to come in and say, "I want a vanilla cappuccino," and I'm like, "Okay, you're thinking about the gas station. Like okay. you you yeah. want a latte." <laughs> You want a latte with vanilla in it, and right. you probably want whipped cream on top too, just because I'm right. guessing that's what you know about lattes right now. <laughs> and I'm that's not true. a snob, but I, you know, it's like I can tell by what you're asking me that that's not yeah. really what you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I have traditional macchiatos on my menu. And some people will look at it, but they are not really reading. So then they ask for a caramel macchiato. And then I explain the difference and I say, yes, I'll make you a caramel latte. <laughs> because Starbucks co-opted that word. And, this is what and you it, actually That's not what it means. So I forgot what the original question was. But what, what is your favorite drink here? <laughs> My favorite drink. Yeah, so the cappuccino for okay. sure. Um, I like it just a little bit of sweetener. And I think raw sugar is, was meant for coffee. Yeah. But I can drink it without as well. And of course, when it's warm like this, um, and then later morning, I'll have an iced latte or iced yeah. Americano. Oh, um, yeah, and when I'm trying other shops, Americano is what I get a lot, okay. just, just so I can taste the espresso and see. Chai is my drink. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, uh, I probably would drink it more in the winter because yeah. I like the hot chai. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's good cold too. Yeah. So. I gotta give a shout out because, like, I think. <laughs> My favorite coffee coffee drink is a is a straight vanilla latte. Yeah. Um, I really like iconic coffee vanilla latte. Have you been up to Santa Fe to iconic? I haven't had theirs when I've been up there. It's. I mean, they make a good cup of coffee. Period, they do. But yeah. like, for some, for some, I don't know if they make their vanilla in house or, or whatever. But it is just. It's a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my wife and I just got back from hiking up in the uh, Sangre de Cristos for mm -hmm. our anniversary. And, uh, Sangre de Cristos? <laughs> so Sangre. This guy just moved back from Missouri. So Sangre de Cristos. showing a little bit. But. And, uh, well, right. no, make fun of me. It's, yeah. it's fine. Whatever. Anyways, something about, and I don't know, maybe you've seen this too, having a certain kind of beverage or food in a certain place tastes better. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, because like I feel like you'll never you'll never eat a satisfying like meal of Dintymore in a town. <laughs> but if you're camping, camping is so story. good. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, like we we had gotten stormed on up in the mountains as so we get, came down to uh, uh, Charlie Spick and Span in Las Vegas. This is amazing. Okay. And um, yeah. Uh, and they're they're their town's little you know Starbucks representative, and so yeah. we're like. Chai sound really good, hot chai. So we were frozen, mm -hmm. we were cold, mm -hmm. and it was like something about just out of the mountains. It's your cold and your wet to the bone, and you get a hot chai, and it's all so good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I think that kind of ties into the mobile 
business, you know, because people have, I don't know what people in Albuquerque necessarily expect every time. Because, you know, when I drive around, I see a lot of Mexican food trucks. So the variety maybe isn't there yet, but um, I think people accept a certain level of food because it's a truck. And, you know, only. That's true. Yeah. And some of it can be great, absolutely. Um, we. I don't know if we're up to like Portland or LA or Chicago area when it comes to mobile cuisine because some of those are over the top. But so are their prices. And right. So, oh, absolutely. You know, Albuquerque is not going to be up for $25 sandwiches. Right. I think the last time I was in Portland, I had like $18 poutines and I was oh, like, wow. yeah. I mean, they were good. I don't know if How I'd put they? an $18 price tag on them. They were all right. Yeah. yeah. And again, we're in Portland, so you're paying for that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, <laughs> and we've just kind of edged into the food. You know, I started, like I said, I started as simple as I could with just going to coffee, really. And um, I got a temporary gig in January, February. When Verizon was closing their call center on the west side, they needed food trucks, and they were signing us up per day. So I was there once or twice a week. But it was through the lunch hour, so I needed lunch to, to serve them and so I started serving lunch paninis um, when I was over there and which was good because they they wanted lunch food and it gave me a chance to try something new and those are simple and quick yeah. I've done those before they are and, yeah. and that's again you know one whatever I'm doing I want it to be not to take 10 minutes yeah. um, uh, and that's something in Albuquerque I don't think I see some customers who aren't necessarily used to waiting very long at the window. And you see other cities, I'll see a line of people waiting 35 minutes. For right. Well, and they know it's being made fresh and they're yeah. like, it's worth the wait, you know, yeah. gonna just hang out for a minute. I don't think yeah. we're used to that necessarily. So I also want to be quick as I, I feel can. like New Mexicans are kind of in that mentality of like, they want it, like, because there's a window there, they expect it to be fast. Yeah, probably so. But that's not even, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> that maybe that's not doing food the service that it deserves because they, yeah. the waiting sometimes is the difference between a really good sandwich and a mediocre sandwich. Yeah, it would be. I, I agree. So. Yeah. Um, I thought we moved or added after I moved back to regular city, um, added a breakfast panini, which is pretty popular. The lunch paninis are kind of spotty because I'm a breakfast vendor sure. or morning vendor, you know, so I just get spotty lunch business, at least where I am most of the time. But breakfast paninis go well, so and it's it's a lot of the same ingredients. So well, we need to take a quick break. Roger. But just a moment, we will be right back. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Ryan. Are you a small business owner, entrepreneur, or creative trying to reach more people with their awesome product, service, or brand? Right here in the middle of our show, Lindsay and I have reserved up to three minutes just for you. All we're asking is 30 bucks a minute. We'd be happy to plug your very own awesome endeavor right here on What's Up ABQ. Want to sponsor an episode? For 100 bucks, we'll give you the middle, plus extra plugs at the beginning and end of the show, too. To get started, send us an email at abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. That's abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. Together, let's keep shining a light on all the wonderful things and people which make Albuquerque awesome. Ciao. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Lindsay. Did you guys know that I'm a little bit of a coffee snob? It's true. I'll admit it on the podcast. So that's why I'm hoping that my friends and family consider a subscription package from Red Rock Roasters for Christmas this year. 
You know why? Because I'm not too ashamed to say it. I'm a coffee snob and I want good coffee. And even better, I want it coming to my house when I run out and I need it the most. That's why you should consider their subscription service. Albuquerque, it doesn't get better than this. They give you coffee when you need it. You never have to worry about running out. You don't have to put your robe on, put your sweatpants on and run to the store. It's coming to you. So the next time you think of that coffee snob or coffee lover in your life, think about Red Rock Roasters. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> so um, if you're just tuning in or you maybe missed the last half, can you just go ahead and let us know where you're located and where people yeah. can find Where you're usually located. Yes, that's yeah. usually <laughs> That's good, a good, good question work. for a mobile business, right? Yes. Um, and that's one thing. I've, this, I'm about to come up on my first anniversary. Cool. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah that's you. a big deal. Yeah. So I felt like in the beginning I needed to be in one spot a lot to kind of so people find me and I can get some repeat business and that uh -huh. sort of thing. So we park a lot of the time in the uptown area, just on the east side of the Nucinda Credit Union. The location is Indiana Street, right off Indian School. And that's where we are right now, and it's, it's, yeah. it's lovely. The shadows, you know, it's cooler yeah. today. You described it as kind of park-like. There's yeah. Yeah. There's shade. Park, yeah. You can sit in the shade and enjoy your coffee. You're not going to burn to death, I know. <laughs> which is great. Yeah, that was a big motivator for the spot. And you just got to follow the city's rules for parking, and, I, and this one fits. And it's surrounded by a lot of office type uh, buildings and still would like to draw more of them in. There's a lot of people in the area, but um, first they have to see you, they have to find you, and you have to break their habits. Because <laughs> when you just show up one day, people already are getting their coffee somewhere or they have the office coffee. And I've heard some people, you know, we're grateful I'm here because the office coffee sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. Um, Look at you, Folgers. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, location-wise, we've stuck here a lot. We're probably in the fall going to move a little bit, so okay. we, we post our location every day on Facebook and Instagram. And, and what are your Facebooks and Instagrams? Yeah, the Instagram is Stan's Coffee and Scones with an underscore. But you can just search for Stan's Coffee and Scones. And, and we'll link it again, too, on our Instagram page so that people can yeah. find you. And Facebook is the same you find me just searching for for that stayed off of the twitter world i just didn't i didn't want to update five different platforms you know even though you have ways of doing that together instagram's so popular now and you get the visual relationship there with people and other accounts enjoy watching other accounts there too and following people so how do you feel like people hear about you mostly is it off of instagram is it word of mouth is it people just looking out their office window right. and going oh what's that you know that I, shiny beacon of light with yeah, the I feel like easily half just found me, you know, either because of where I was and they work nearby or, you know, I've done a few different events. They didn't know anything about me until they saw me at the event or um, downtown will park uh, occasionally down there. There's a gallery called OT Circus, and I know the owner, and I'll park there for some of their markets and, and nice. different things. Do you do any of the farmer's markets or uh, I haven't yet. rail yards? Or... Definitely, probably in the future, try and get into some of them. One of my challenges is I've been a youth soccer coach for 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So nice. Saturdays are often occupied, and so the, the schedule isn't completely open to just choose anything that I might. But probably in the future, as I move more towards that, I would. So, yeah, people, social media does help people find me there. Of course, some of the people who find me don't live here. I'll get connections from people all over the world, really. I mean, we follow each other accounts in, in Greece or South America. There's a 
there's a little cafe, it's not even mobile, in Paris, and I can't tell you how I connected with them. <laughs> um, probably yeah. just good photos of coffee. Sure. Right? But I swear, coffee is such a community in itself, and yeah. it really brings people together. That's like, there is, there is, like, this camaraderie built around caffeine. I love it. It's true, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, just good photos where someone says, yeah. oh, that looks great. Love to have a coffee there, even though I'll never be there. They, they <laughs> start someday. following them. Well, speaking of community, you've mentioned that you were in Texas and you were in Portland. What what got you to come back and stay in Albuquerque? Native New Mexican. Yeah, I went to school in Texas and stayed there for a little while in Lubbock. That's where I met my wife. So, But in terms of work, and where I wanted to stay, and this was not too far to move. Definitely have an affinity for New Mexico and everything you know, great about it. Like I said, you know, Albuquerque, I felt like, was in a good place for to grow the mobile, mobile food business as well as the coffee business. There's a lot of, just in the time I've been open, I see new coffee shops. And so that culture is still growing, even though it's really popular, obviously. I think more and more people are trying specialty shops instead of the, the franchise stuff. Just, I thought it was a good way to contribute to both of those. And, and there's room, obviously, as a business to grow, hopefully. <laughs> I think you've really nailed something here with, like, the coffee trailer, because I don't see a lot of that here yet. Right. Like, there's, I, I, there's, like you said, there's a lot of food. Yeah. But as far as coffee trailers go, I know, me personally, <laughs> I have three kids. When I'm at an event, that's, like, the first thing I look for. I'm right. like, okay, I'm exhausted. I need some, like, caffeine right now. Right. Where's the nearest coffee? Whatever. Yeah. And um, it's funny because I was actually at the rail yards a couple weeks ago, and they didn't have a coffee oh, trailer. No. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> Who's running yeah. this thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's morning. That's like, again, I'm the same way. I said, what, Where's the coffee? I need my fix. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If I'm going anywhere in the morning, my thought is what's between here and there for me to get my coffee. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've met a few coffee vendors. One that's uh, recently closed up, so they're no longer in business. And a couple of the food vendors I've worked with at the same event have mentioned they don't they don't have a lot of coffee options when people ask them. So I do think there's definitely room there, and the advantage being somebody has an event, you can go to it, and you're not stuck in one place. Have you considered the, the chocolate and coffee uh, festival next year? Uh, this year? I was next there year. this year. Okay, yep. nice, and, nice. Uh, I will talk to them about returning. I'd like to do it two years in a row. Just That's a to fun event. put like lessons that. learned in, in and do it again. So yeah, I, I would like to do it next March and probably two years is enough because they, they probably want to see new stuff as well, but we'll probably try and get in next year. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, we were super slammed on Saturday there and Sunday semi-slammed much of that day. But I definitely met new people. I got I met some gentleman who runs car show in Edgewood, so I did his car show uh, this summer. So it's a good place to connect as well. I used to work with them when I was doing radio about ten years ago. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. It's a decent size, well attended. Is think. that Leonard Navar or somebody else? There's a different name, but I, his name escapes me. That's that's fine. But, yeah, no worries. Yep. But it was a good event, and I connected with them at the coffee and chocolate show. I'd attended as a fan for a few years, too. Same here? You well, can't, yeah. You can't beat chocolate Huge coffee. fan. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that's one thing I've thought about tying in a little bit more often to the trailers. Chocolate offering chocolate chip scones is the main thing right now. But um, I think I'm going to 
a new scone I'm gonna offer soon, maybe next week for the anniversary, would be Nutella and sea salt. Oh, I thought that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Who doesn't yeah. like that? No, okay, right, right. Uh, and my family, I mean, my kids ate jars and jars of Nutella. Oh, yeah, that's true. Nutella sandwiches yeah, yeah. yeah. in our lunches. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, it's chocolate. It's kind of a natural source. <laughs> I'll tell you what I would love to see, and I don't know, and I could be wrong, I don't know of anybody that makes these here yet, but I know at the fair they have like a green chili apple pie. Oh yeah. I would love to see like a green chili apple scone. Did it last year. Did you really? Yes. Oh my god. So that'll be a fall flavor okay, too, uh, okay. apple green chili. Right. Yeah. I'll be back for the apple it, green chili scones then. It's really good. <laughs> the challenge there is not lining up with a massive sticky dough because you got the green chili yeah. and the apples with a lot of water in them. So I had to work on that to get it to where I could you know, mix it and it wouldn't come out like just a pile of goo. <laughs> Here's your scone. Yeah. I mean your scone. Yeah, there's a certain amount of appeal you need there when you serve it, no matter it's how It's actually it look edible too. <laughs> so what are some flavors that you, you see coming? Maybe they haven't really hit here yet, but do you think that could be coming on the horizon? Are you talking flavor palettes or yeah. just? No, either way, I, I want to see, yeah. see what happens. It might be changing. Right. I want to try more, less traditional, I guess, more herb focused uh, and savory type scones. And in the summer, savory scones don't move a whole lot. And when I go to other shops, I don't usually see a savory scone offered because they have other stuff probably. I think that's probably an area that could grow. I just don't know how many people are going to say, yeah, that sounds good and all, and I do like it. A lot of my unusual flavors, even the apple green chili, um, about uh, a third of the people who would see it would say, yuck, yeah. it didn't sound good. I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a split down the middle. People yeah. are either all about it or they're like, nope, yeah. not, I'm and not I could that. all I could tell them is, well, everyone who's tried it liked it. That's all I can tell you. If it doesn't sound good, that's fine. Same with the pumpkin. Some people didn't even want to explore that option. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not, I think more herb and like the date ginger, I think, is an, also another direction where we can start uh, some, some fusion of different things mixed in. One of our other questions that we, we ask people is, uh, <laughs> no, not that one. I will get to that one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> where do you see Albuquerque going in the future? Um, it depends a lot on local government, doesn't it? <laughs> I'd love to see the business environment, small business environment, a little easier. I mean, it's not easy with um, fees, regulations, rules, taxes. So that seems to be going in a direction. It doesn't make it easier. And that doesn't mean people can't make it, but it, it might might make it harder to make it. But I would, I really think small business has great opportunity to grow. I, I feel like it may just be me, but as we buy more and more from not big just big boxes, but from Amazon, and we keep doing that as a society, I think people are, and maybe are starting to already turn back towards local and say, you know, of course that's convenient, and it is cheaper, but maybe it's worth spending an extra few bucks and keeping it here. So I hope that happens. And, you know, then I think small businesses, mom and pop shops and whatever, can see kind of a revival. So I think that's very possible, as long as we don't do too much to make it too hard and to grow. I think our, I think our city is, is going to make progress. People talk about our crime a lot, and we get dinged a lot for that when it comes to rankings and oh, city gosh. recognition. Yeah. I think Breaking Bad was a mixed blessing. You yeah, know? I agree with Cause, that. Because, uh, <laughs> well, obviously, you know, gained a lot of attention and, and money, tourist money from that, too. But it kind of added to our image of, oh, it's uh, like a crime city. And right. We don't right. need that. 
I feel like we are making progress there. The post-Breaking Bad era is yeah. subsiding a little. I know. Um, <laughs> and that that's not just Albuquerque. I see right. oh, crime issues in a lot of cities. So but I think we'll, I'll be optimistic and say I think we're going to make progress there. And uh, the, I think the small business environment can grow. I don't know about the art project, but I hope once it's up and running, it actually starts feeding into business there and instead of how it's kind of killed some business for now. You know, it's so funny. We've had, we've talked to so many people on the podcast and that one issue comes up all the time. And it's like, people just want to see something happen at this point. Like something would be good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, progress of any kind. You can tell the the Keller administration, I mean, they had inherited it. There's nothing they can do. All right, let's try and make this work. So I hope that happens and business can start growing in that area again because um, you can find a lot of coffee shops obviously up and down Knob Hill, downtown. Um, that's one reason I park in Uptown because there's less competition here. But um, I was going to say right now I'm renting a little casita down in the South Valley yeah. and there is nobody. There's a Starbucks off of uh, uh, yeah. Coors right. and that's it. Right. So Underserved for sure. Yeah, yes. Because I, w- I would go to a local place if there yeah. was one to go to. No, that's true. Okay, local business owner. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyone wants to open a second coffee shop? Please. That's the place to go. Please, because right? yeah. I would yeah. go there. Yeah. I feel like it's due for a revival. It is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard to think of something south of Varela's coffee shop. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, there's nothing. I mean, really, yeah. there's there's not, not a whole lot. Yeah, true. So, there you go. Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, a local independent coffee shop, you're going to go have a cup of coffee, where do you go? Oh, good question. Uh, first, I try and try whoever's new, because um, I want to know. I'm competition, Person. but we also, right. I find the, the Albuquerque coffee businesses are really friendly and supportive of each other as much as it can be. Um, so whoever's new, I do try. Uh, I go to Rust is Gold quite a bit. I'll still stop at a satellite once in a while, but not often. Um, but they're convenient, and it's yeah. it's it's okay. I I used to love getting dessert there, but it cost me you know, like eight bucks for uh, whatever. You know, I was at Flying Star last night getting dessert. Yeah. As a matter of fact, and yes, it was about eight dollars, and I yeah. was like, really, eight? Like, okay, this I is. Know. I feel like. Highway robbery, kind of. And yeah, I go back and in my brain, it's still 20 years ago when they were double rainbow and it it didn't cost that Uh much. Yeah, no, it's it's a little pricey now. Um, Yeah, let's see, who else do I stop at often? I definitely buy at Trifecta. A lot of times I go there and pick up, and I usually buy something there too. And been to Platter Coffee a few times, uh, uh, Cutbo. Um, I have yet to try Cutbo, it's on my list. They're, I mean, I'm not going to say anything's better than me, but he, I mean, he knows what he's doing with coffee beans. So it's, you won't, you're, you know, I haven't had anything. Well, take that back. Sorry. I, I had one bad drink there, but that was right after they opened. And I think a grace period person, to get your stuff together. It was, it was the person behind the counter. Yeah. Everything I've had there is really good. Um, so they're worth a no. the stop for sure. Um, I've been to, um, I believe it's Blackbird in Old Town. Oh yes, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that is that is a favorite spot for me. That's a really nice place to linger, obviously, because yeah. they've got the atmosphere. Yeah, people uh, watching too, which is always oh nice. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, true. <laughs> it uh, pairs well. It pairs well, yeah. <laughs> Probably not thinking of a few, of a few others. There's, but, I feel like there's uh, so many more than there used to be. It's great yeah. that we have choices, yeah. Especially local choices. It like is. 
I, I feel like there's like you said, there's always something new popping up, yeah. and it's it's one of those things where I'm always like, oh, I gotta try that place. Oh, yeah. I gotta check that out. I may not love it, but mm-hmm. I want to try it. Yeah, and Little Bear isn't far from here, and and they're on my way to places sometimes. Those are a few I definitely stop at, and I if I see a mobile coffee, I try it, even yeah. if I've had two or three coffees that day because I want to see what they're doing. I'm totally the same way. That's so funny. Even in like when I go up to Portland, I'm like I just drink my coffee through the day. It's like right. a coffee tourism kind of thing. So, right. is, is coffee? Do you think is it is it AM? Is it PM? Is it both? Um, here, like so, with the business crowd, it's AM. Um, I thought I would have more after lunch coffee than I usually do. That person. Three uh, o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I definitely can get one at two or three or whatever. But downtown, I've been there at night a couple of times, and I sell a lot of coffee at night downtown, and it's younger people who are going to be out till two. You know, I was going to say that's a really good spot because I know when I was younger and I was <laughs> going downtown quite a bit more yeah. before three kids. Um, <laughs> There was always a place to get a beer. You know, you can get a drink downtown. Mm-hmm. But getting a cup of coffee and a good cup of coffee? Right. Yeah. Not existent at night. That's true. The yeah. nightlife doesn't have any kind of coffee unless you're going to, like, Lindy's, but it's not great. Yeah. That's, that's. I mean, diner coffee has yeah. its place, but that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, a good crafted cup of coffee. And, and I want a place to go and, like, it works, sit down. Like, I, I write. And yeah. so, like, drinks are cool. But after later. so many, I can't write anymore. <laughs> <laughs> then it's yeah. just gibberish. Then it's just gibberish. <laughs> yeah, certain places i think pm coffee is big and probably could be bigger like yeah. point now i think uh, there's a spot in albuquerque for that absolutely yeah, that's true you know it's... i even when i was like pregnant with my kids and like my husband would go out with buddies and have a beer i'm like well i can't have that right. so what am i gonna have? i mean there's nothing here for me i'm not a soda drinker so mm-hmm. it would be nice to have that option that's true that's you know? true and there are some good shops downtown but they're yeah. usually closed by six yeah there's no later night sort of yeah i feel like there's room yeah. for a coffee trailer I know. <laughs> Just saying. Time for a branch office or, there you go. or night hours. Right? There you go. Yeah, you can hire some millennial to run it for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the trick, yeah, like mentioning that, the trick with this is like, if someone's going to run it for me, are they going to haul it for me? Right. No, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of tied to wherever it's going to be for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, until I can train someone who really wants to do that. <laughs> so one of the things that we always ask, it's important. Red or green? Um, I'll say green. Okay. Um, I'm going to sound like an old man, which, you know, I'm getting there. Um, but, you know, I used to get like a carne autovada burrito a lot, but uh, started not agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a red chili I loved. You know, I get that a lot, but I'm pretty much green now because green still get what I want, but it doesn't doesn't give me trouble. <laughs> if you were going to go somewhere in town to get a good green chili, where would you go? Mm, now I'm on the spot. Yeah, sorry, I know, no pressure. <laughs> Better green is easy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's really thinking. I am. You know, it's a serious question. When you're a New Mexican, this is this is not a this is yeah. not a simple question. Yeah. Do you think this is a game? I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't give a shout out to the wrong place, right? I mean, yeah. they have to deserve their good. There'll be riots in the street there if you say be. the wrong thing. <laughs> People will be overturning the trailer. It'll be it'll be oh, a no. mess. Uh, I probably lost Los Cuates. Um, at least the original. Um, I think is really good green chili. Um, still like Garduño's all right. <laughs> uh, you know, one of my problems is I don't eat out that much now. So, you know, 
I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> sure. um, I think there's small shops that definitely are not naming, but I think some of the best green chill is probably in some of the small places uh, people know about and love. I love that, like when we ask this question, a lot of the times we get the response, oh, my grandma's house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My grandma's. And it's like, if you say anything other than your grandma's, you're in trouble. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm off the hook there. Yeah. But... <laughs> oh, my grandma's has the best for chili. Yeah. That's Fair enough. the safest answer, isn't it? <laughs> um, so if there's one last thing that you want to share with people who are, who are listening, who maybe are thinking of getting into a similar small business, mm-hmm. or maybe they just want general advice about uh, where to go to find out more about good coffee, good scones, good business. Yeah. What would you suggest? What would um, you say? Nuggets. A nugget of wisdom. Yeah. Pearl of truth. I mean, the, the, the first part of wisdom isn't very unique. I mean, I did tons of website research besides visiting places myself and talking to owners uh, where I could. Just did a lot of research. And of course, I had time. I wasn't starting up right away. So over the course of five or six years, I was looking at different parts of it, um, including the building out the trailer. I, had, I, I hadn't done that before, but I felt like, well, I have the ability to do most of that. So it's like learn a part of it and do it and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's possible. The part that's hardest for me in the first year probably is keeping up with the business side of it, paperwork and, and just well, paying your taxes and uh, inventory and things that matter on the business side. Uh, that's the hardest for me to make time for, and, and I'll, I, I will have to get better at it. <laughs> I'm still working on that. My husband and I, when we moved back here, we tried to open a coffee shop, and that was, I mean, we bombed. We failed miserably, but lesson learned. Yeah. Um, but it was one of the, yeah, the business side, it catches up with you so quickly. And you're just like, I was not anticipating this amount of work. <laughs> like, this is insane. Yeah, being a solo, and I have help from family. My wife and daughter help me uh, That's awesome. when they can. But you're everything. You have to do the repairs. You have to uh, buy everything, make everything, be an expert on all the pieces. And um, there's going to be areas where you come up short. It's like for me, it's getting the business inside down I came from marketing and design and advertising so that part I was really comfortable with but running the business is different so um, I kind of knew I just had to start it and then find out what I don't know step by step yeah. Yeah. The process always so again for people looking to find you during the week come get your coffee scones different flavors of scones yep uh, variety pumpkin, uh, seasonal uh, changes for sure where, um, where can they find you we're usually in uptown off Indian School by the Nucinda Credit Union. The street is Indiana Street, and the 10-story office building by us is City Place. But to tell you the truth, I didn't know the name of that building until I started parking there. And we do move a bit, so you, you want to find us on Instagram or Facebook so you know where we are at different times. And we do events now and then. Do you do private events by chance? Yeah, actually, this Friday I'm, I'm serving just one of the Nucinda uh, branches who does an employee event uh, once a month. So um, private events, I've done one wedding. That was fun. Um, here and there, uh, still picking those up. But most of the time, yeah, at least two or three days a week, I'm probably still here in Uptown, uh, just as kind of home base. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for being on. You're very yeah. welcome. I enjoyed it. Appreciate yeah, I'm excited it. to try the coffee. That's the next thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. It's coffee time. <laughs> All right. See, see you guys.
What's up, Albuquerque? It's Lindsay. Did you know that it's sweater weather? Have you stepped outside lately? Well, Balloon Fiesta is over and it is time to kick up the heat. That's why you need to call Bosque Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. They are going to hook you up with the heat this winter. They might even hook you up just because they're nice people. But anyway, give them a call at Bosque Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing and check them out. If you are freezing, we can guarantee they will get you warm, cozy, and winterized in no time. This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. If you liked what you heard on today's podcast, please feel free to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we will talk to you soon. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Ryan. Lindsay and I want to thank you so much for listening. Each week, we're striving to bring you the best of our community. So want to be involved? Here's three ways you can help. One, if you've got a local business, service, or brand, we'd love to hear from you. Better yet, we'd love to consider interviewing you. All you need to do is email us at abqwhatsup at gmail.com. That's abqwhatsup at gmail.com. Second, you can donate. Like all good things in our city, this show takes time to produce. Want to help pitch in for our gas? Maybe buy us a coffee or a beer? Well, you can do all that at our website. That's www.whatsupabq.com. That's www.whatsupabq.com. And last, you can help us spread the word. Share our episodes and posts on social media and drop us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Every bit helps. Thanks. And this is Ryan. And until next time, ciao.